Sales development continues to grow in importance as a critical component of a successful go-to-market strategy. And with the explosion of new tools, technology, and processes, the sales development industry itself is thriving, as seen with the growth of the 10-bound sales development market map over at 10bound.com. On this podcast, we'll dive deep and go beyond sales development to think about the future of technology, processes, and tools in the industry with our host, noted futurist, author, and sales development practitioner, Justin Michael. Welcome to Beyond Sales Development. Tune in each week and be sure to hit subscribe, leave a comment, and turn on notifications to never miss an episode. And now, Beyond Sales Development with your host, Justin Michael. Welcome to Beyond Sales Development. I'm your host, Justin Michael, doing my best William Shatner impersonation, and we're joined here by Josh Braun from Sales DNA, someone I consider to be so gifted and brilliant with communication in general and helps all XDRs be better. Welcome to the show, Josh. Gifted and brilliant. You know, clearly, you are a good judge of character. <laughs> yeah, I like to... Uh, mix my metaphors and shower my guests with praise, but this is really uh, an honor to have you on. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks. So I really love to talk about beyond sales development, where you see the space going. And trust me, there are no sacred cows. You can say something like automation is bad or, <laughs> you know, AI is, is, is not there. This is really about Josh Brown's take on the future of this industry. There's 600,000 of us now. There's going to be 2 million SaaS is eating every industry and we need great people on the phones. People are remote in the pandemic. What advice broadly, other than my advice, which is go and buy Josh's guide and apply it, <laughs> would you give to this emerging group of, of sellers? So it's really fun to get caught up in things that are new. You know, we have email, we have email automation, we've got video, we've got social, we've got LinkedIn. We've got holograms, we've got whatever like the next thing is. And all these things are mediums. Some will be around for a while. There'll be some new things. Um, but there's one thing that's never going to change. And that is the person at the center of all this tech, which is a, a person that's trying to get a job done. And the timeless skill is to better understand how that person is getting the job done today and what sucks about it relative to how you might be able to help them do it better. And then to be able to hone copywriting skills so that you could write words that will give you the best chance of them being motivated enough to want to respond and start a conversation. Uh, that's the stuff that's never going to change. This focus on the prospect's job and knowing it at a very crispy and specific level. Um, the other stuff are just ways to deliver messages. Um, but it's fun to talk about that stuff and people geek out on it. Um, but I don't think it should be the focus of what it is that you're spending your time doing. Well, the most important skill for the 2020s might be writing is what Scott Lee says. And I love the Josh Braun content and philosophy, even in snackable bits, just, just for free being on Josh's feed. Or if you do have a chance to invest in the book or invest for your team, He's basically teaching you these meta frameworks of how to think. What's really interesting is how you kind of collaborated with Chris Voss. I actually went through a never split the difference simulation with the CEO of Tune. He flew in and ran us through it. 
And I got to say, I split the difference and I was bummed. I, I had to go back and read the book. I like put a lot of pressure on myself. How have you linked the closing phase of negotiation to the opening phase of setting a tone from like an FBI hostage negotiator lens? I just think it's so cool how you're doing it already at the front of the funnel. I mean, it's, it's so groundbreaking, the matchup. And I'm so curious how you thought of that and why you did that. Yeah, so there's a difference between knowledge and doing. Um, a lot of people read a lot of books. I've talked to a lot of people. I've read this. I've seen that. But then when I ask them, yeah, there you go. But then when I ask them, like, are you doing it? And are you practicing it? And are you getting your reps in? Most of the time, the answer is no. And so I prefer to gravitate toward someone and then go very deep into the material and to get reps in. And when you start to go deep and you're not going shallow, when you're really working on each bar of music, making sure that you're practicing deliberately and your fingers are in the exact right place before you go to the next bar, what that looks like from a Voss perspective is you read the book eight or nine times, you take diligent notes, you watch the master class, you take more notes, then you actually get your reps in and practice. For me, I practice on my wife, I practice his techniques in restaurants. I just practiced one at a hotel that I'm staying at. And the repetition is what burns it in. And as you go deeper into the material, an interesting thing starts to happen is you start to see different ways you can actually connect it to, as you put it, the top of the funnel or conversations in general. And you just start to apply it to diffusing objections. But you can't get to that layer until you actually go deep into the material. Um, at first, you're just learning how to put your fingers on the fretboard and you're just concentrating on the notes. But once you get a command for the notes and you understand that you're playing in the 12-bar blues, you can actually start to improvise. And that's where some of the thinking comes from with regards to applying some of those techniques to objections and cold calls and, and even emails. Yeah, so I, like you, read that book and I really believed it was one of the best all-time books I'd ever read, if not, you know, top five business books ever, along with stuff like Challenger Sale and the Four Hour Work Week or these legendary books like Spin. What I've noticed is you're a great teacher. I do lament sometimes about the feed on LinkedIn because I think it's like brilliant content marketers who know how to get a lot of likes. And a lot of times that old adage of like those who can't do teach, but you're definitely someone that can do and can teach. You also are I'm going to get this right. Are you, you're involved in Ironman? Yes, I am. That discipline and the training that goes on in that is, is nuts. So in a good way, it's, it's extreme in a way. Have you also linked some of these techniques like for mindsets and work ethic toward doing this? Like how does that uh, physical mastery of mind impact your training and how you teach behavioral change? Because what you just talked about is very divergent from a lot of people and how they're doing training and how they're thinking about material. I haven't heard anyone say, read a book multiple times. That's, that's a first. <laughs> yeah, so most people take explanation for granted. Like we just assume that we can actually explain things and that we can teach things. And there's a difference between knowing the domain and being able to teach it in a way that is informative and entertaining and most importantly, inspires people to care. And so I spend a tremendous amount of time learning how people learn. Um, I went to school to be a teacher. I was a former elementary school teacher. 
And so a lot of the principles that I learned learning how to teach, I apply to my content. Um, the stuff that I do with my wife is an attempt to be able to teach information that can be taught a number of ways, but in a way that's hopefully a little bit memorable and entertaining. Um, and so I spend a lot of time thinking about how do I explain things um, in ways that will get people to care. And that's really grounded in pedagogy and how to teach. And that's another discipline, just like lifting weights or riding a bike or swimming. And I go extremely deep into that area as well. Most people, again, don't give any thought to how they're explaining things. And oftentimes because of that, um, it's a real tragedy because you confuse people, even though you might have a really good idea. Um, there's a great book out there if you want to get started down this path, a book called The Art of Explanation by a gentleman named Lee Lefebvre of Common Craft fame. I'm going to date myself here for a while, but he did these really interesting cutout style animations back in the day when nobody knew what Dropbox was. This was like the first of its kind. What's TiVo? Imagine trying to explain Twitter or Dropbox or TiVo when there's no frame of reference. And that was the task he had. And he was a master at figuring out how to relate what in educational circles we call activating prior knowledge, something that someone already knows and relating it to something new. So these are, these are books that I've studied and they've become my pedagogy or how I think about communicating information to people. My favorite thing about you is what we call in tech companies, because I've been an operator for 20 years and 13 in SaaS, and especially the last five years, it's been pretty crazy being a, a VP of sales or like the top enterprise sales. What I call about your strategy is world-class work product from your brand to everything you touch to every post. There's a meticulousness. There's a, I don't know if clairvoyance is the word. It's more that there's a premeditation to the quality of what you put out. And that is extremely rare to see in an individual trainer and more similar to seeing in like Slack's marketing program where there's a whole team of people. So I know that you worked under Jason Fried at Basecamp. How much of a disciple are you to Jason Fried? I mean, I have a mentor, Tony J. Hughes for combo prospecting. He gets on my case about some of the ways I write. He's trying to get me to be world-class. Did he inspire some of the approaches, because that's like, I remember being on Basecamp. I worked for Sean Parker and we're at whole companies in Basecamp. I mean, you know, aging myself here. <laughs> yeah, J Jason Freed continues to teach me things weekly. That's I'm awesome. still very uh, close with him. I've learned so much from him. You know, one of the things that really stands out that I've learned from him is that in order to stand out, you have to stand for something. And so Jason is very opinionated. The software that he makes is very opinionated and he has a perspective and a point of view. And when you have a perspective and a point of view, that's a little bit different. You stand out. If you're comparing Granny Smith apples to Macintosh apples, that's kind of not standing out. But if you compare, you know, an apple to a banana and why they're similar or different or why they're similar, that's going to get, you know, someone's attention. So he's really very good at what I call punching things in the face and taking a stand and having a, a unique perspective. He's also a very clear writer. Uh, he spends a tremendous amount of time on his copy and his posts and his writing and his pieces. If you read them, just like when you listen to a Jimi Hendrix song, you can kind of see that that's a signature, you know, freed piece. And the advice that he gave me 
he, many years ago when I asked him, like, how do you do that? He's like, you just got to start writing um, a little bit every day and reading the stuff out loud. And eventually you start to develop a voice and you have a point of view. And that's certainly what happened. I mean, I've been writing every day since we had that conversation, I want to say close to four years ago. Um, I kind of took his advice. And to this day, I haven't, like brushing my teeth, I haven't really skipped the day, um, even on the weekends, which I don't advise. No, I do that also. I'm in your your world. So, you know, when I heard the weekend four or five years ago, six years ago, must have been a demo tape. And I immediately heard the weekend. I said, this guy's the next Michael Jackson. I heard it. I just heard his voice. I promise you. And boom, here he is. I don't even know how many tens of millions. So my prediction. You're like Quincy Jones. I did my best. You know, it's funny because I had a Dido record when Dido got dropped from the label and then she blew up with Eminem and I felt like I was a genius. I was like listening to this Dido No Angel record and she'd been dropped off her label. This is the 90s. And that was my one thing where I was like, whoa, I just picked the winner. Right? I felt like the, I started as a music A&R. So we have a lot in common on the music level we could talk about offline. I predict that you, I, I see you as one of the greats in what is becoming an emerging. So, you know, Linda's right over here and uh, LinkedIn acquired them for a billion. I used to work at, at LinkedIn in the sales navigator unit. So whenever I promote navigator and say, I say full disclosure, I worked there, I sold the product. I think you're one of the greats in the sales training space, which is becoming this LMS. When it's pandemic and we're all kind of sitting at home and people really want to learn and they want to upskill and they don't want AI to take their job. <laughs> You've given so many great nuggets and I go through all your material I just support you so much. And people say, well, Justin, why don't you sell your own book? But I learned from the music business that Radiohead took over. Like they, they gave away product for free. They, <laughs> they created tours where they pushed all these other artists to the fore. So every time I sell 10 of your courses, I feel like it's going to karmically come back on me. Right now, because a lot of people listening to this actually have your course. What's so crazy, I just I want to interview, but my own rep that reports to me is always in my sequencing saying, this is not illumination. This is a closed question. You're not, you're, you're not selling the sword. You're selling the superpower. You're selling the sword. Like I'm having my own team on my case because I'm not doing it. Josh Braun style and Beck. Can you talk to me about the Beck Holland, the tour and how that came about? That's a fun story for the listeners. Yeah, sure. So Beck Holland, I think the world of, she's another person on LinkedIn that puts forth content that can help people kick more ass. I thought she was a great teacher. And uh, so, you know, I, I, I uh, sent her several Beck Holland style emails to try to get on her radar and just have a conversation with her. And my offer was to have her on my podcast, which of course, I mean, who can resist that? I mean, you know, being on a, yet another sales podcast, I mean, do we have enough sales podcasts? <laughs> but uh, she was gracious enough to uh, come on and uh, we uh, hit it off pretty well. We, I think we spent at least an hour before we actually rolled the uh, recording on the podcast. And uh, she told me a little bit about this flip the script thing. And I said, there's no way in hell I would ever do that, ever. I mean, maybe I would go to one location if it was in Delray, which is 10 minutes from where I live, but I would never do that, ever. And full credit to Beck Holland and her masterful sales skills. Somehow, um, I think it was a month or two later, I'm on a bus, which I don't do buses, by the way. And I'm touring <laughs> for, I don't know how long, a long time across the country to like 13 cities. And it was an awesome time uh, to be able to collaborate with her on that. And it was very fulfilling. 
what's next for you if you can disclose it i mean we were talking just before the call there's you know publishing is fun there's also a slight you deal with the devil to work in a legacy way there's uh, the beauty of how i see your style is you keep a world-class work product even above i feel of professional publishing you're doing this in a guerrilla method but with the quality levels that you know others might not just have it's not an integrity point it's just your own personal brand is also about that that jason freed style meticulousness I, paul graham was like that too what's next if you can share yeah i don't i don't ever think about believe it or not i don't think about what's next i don't set any goals uh, goals are these things that are there then they're not there i develop habits i write about things that hopefully inspire people to do a little bit better i find it fulfilling to write about those things and i just do that every day i guess it's as boring as investing in blue chip stocks it's not uh, perhaps exciting i don't think about what's next i just think about what is yeah so your extreme wiring as an elite athlete allows that you know excellence is a is a habit not a, an act or i forget the quote i'm i'm botching it one of the things i like about you is that you're so like intense in the delivery is what i sense about you linguistically that allows you to switch off i actually imagine you chilling out and having lots of free time because i think you have a discipline to create it is pareto and 80 20 law like in running and in like as i've tried to get myself in a shape which i can't touch you <laughs> i've noticed that there's these weird pareto principles that govern the human body and muscle development and then i apply it to sales and it totally can you give us some productivity tips to like how can Josh Braun, one of the leading teachers in the world, have any time? <laughs> yeah, I have a, uh, a tremendous amount of time to pursue the triathlon stuff. So right now, for instance, I've been in Boulder for two months and I spend about 60 to 70% of my time doing triathlon stuff. So biking, running, swimming, hiking, uh, just walking around. I'm not one of these, you know, 90 hour week uh, work places. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm not really motivated by making uh, us a billion dollars. I'd much rather have less, I guess, and have more time. Uh, probably has to do with some tragedies that have happened to me in my life, or my my dad, so to speak. I lost him early, uh, so I really value other pursuits outside of sales. And so, to your point, you know, I I will concentrate for you know hours or two at a time to be able to write, even if I'm not in the mood. I don't believe in writer's block. I think that's kind of an excuse. I'll kind of get in the rhythm of it, uh, but then I will block off my calendar for a significant portion of time to think. And a, a lot of my best ideas for posts come from stepping away from the computer and interacting with people, talking to people, you know, on bikes, talking to people at the pool, observing things. And when you kind of get quiet and you can kind of unplug, you just see things a little differently and it changes your perspective. My, some of my favorite people, because of the way I grew up in Southern California, are actually not driven by money. There's been this big thing about, oh, that seller is driven by money. And it's weird because I started the nonprofits where it was all mission driven, you know? And so it's cool because you have this athleticism, which is an art form, and then you have the aspirations to really make the writing quality. And so, and the discipline, like I love Jocko Willink and like discipline equals freedom. I used to get up at 4 a.m. every day and read that manual and just like pick out a quote and try to get on the treadmill. <laughs> I think he's a former triathlete as well. Jocko over at Winning by Design. Is that who you're referring to? Oh, uh, there's Jocko and then there's Jocko Willink, of, oh. um, who is uh, the Navy SEAL. But yeah, they're both awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So I guess some of the technology you're also very hip to because I've seen you doing very cool things with, in fact, some of the most sophisticated stuff I'm aware of is the way that you use lead IQ and outreach and you turn screen snaps into websites and like you've come up with some super cool hacks. Anything you're noodling on now as far as tech systems, anything you can share with the audience? Yeah. So I think the the interesting thing with content is the amplification of the content. So being able to create something once and then be able to amplify it. So one of interesting tool that I'm using right now is Headliner, uh, which allows you to take, you know, audio snippets of podcasts and turn them into different uh, videos. Um, something else that I'm working on that I think is going to be something I'm really going to be interested in is I think people are no longer maybe as interested in just content, but they crave a meetup, a, a discussion around a shared topic. And so I'm working on some ways in which I can actually have some back and forth with people in a virtual environment where we're talking about a topic and they're doing some stuff. And then there's, it's more, you know, back and forth, you know, LinkedIn is, and most content that I write is pretty much one way. Like you could write and comment on some stuff. Maybe I see it, maybe I don't. So one of the things I'm working on now, I don't know if it's got to do with tech or not, but it's this idea of, you know, these places where we can actually have discussions rather than just the conversation being, being one way. That's the thing that I hate about webinars. I actually despise them for that reason. It's crazy to me where you have to carve out some time to watch something for an hour, and then you have four minutes at the end to maybe ask some questions. So I wanna really look at ways to flip that around. Maybe people watch some content on their own and then they come into this meetup and we have some conversations and we talk and we workshop you know, some stuff. Um, I think that's what people crave. When I, when I talk to people one-on-one, -on -one, it, it's, it's so much better and different. Um, then, then just straight up content. I love that. Let's do a fun one. What is your favorite song of all time or band and book? And uh, you're going to say it's an impossible question. No, no, no. no. It's, I it's think you might have one. <laughs> I read people for a living. <laughs> favorite actress is Drew Barrymore. Give me that one. <laughs> Drew Barrymore. Favorite song of, ho of all time is Hotel California by the Eagles. Followed close second by Scarborough Fair by Simon and Garfunkel. Favorite book of all-time business book is going to have to be the one that you mentioned. I'm going to stick with that, never split the difference, um, only because it has a profound impact, not just on your business life, but it's the first book that I've read that actually makes you a better person, not just a better salesperson. It's improved my marriage drastically. It's improved my relationship that I've had with people that have been strained. And it just makes you an all-around better person. Uh, so that would be my favorite book. I love it. You could ask my neighbors how loud I play all three versions of Hotel California, <laughs> trying to sing the high harmonies and the guitar solos while I do the dishes. So I'm, I'm totally in. I yeah, Chris Voss blew my mind. And you know what was also cool? I reached out to him and he responded and was very humble and cool. And I oh, was what, what did you ask him? I just sort of just raved about his book and I tag him up a ton and I try to sell his masterclass. I always list yours and his and then Scott Britton, who was a co-founder of Troops and formerly Single Platform, because I think his course called Cold Email Mastery. We're in the course world of like Patreon. I have a f only a few more minutes here. Do you think that sales development reps will ever go away and be replaced by artificial intelligence and machine learning? Or, you know, where will this whiz-bang tech play a role? This is sort of just a thematic question that I like to ask guests. Yeah, I think the things that will be automated 
will continue to be automated, but there's always going to be a person that's going to be needed to be able to connect with another person that will never be able to be automated because it requires a lot of creativity. And you take a look at people like, you know, Jeremy Laville, and you take a look at some of the things that he's doing to be able to start conversations with people and creative ways that he's relating things that he's learning to how he could potentially help and making people feel really good. Again, it kind of gets back to copywriting and being empathetic. And I think those are skills that, I mean, who knows? I don't, I'm not a futurist, but I don't think those are ever skills that are going to go away. Just like you can't write a good movie script with AI. Um, you yeah. know, you, you, you can't write a great story with AI. There, there are people behind there at Pixar that are just master storytellers that spend years you know, crafting these stories. And, and we are storytellers and we are trying to tap into emotions to get people to care and to hopefully inspire them to want to respond. There's always going to be room for that. Look at stuff that Paige Kemna did over at Zoom to be able to get a job. I mean, she sung her resume and it's not about AI. It's about Paige Kemna. Like you look at her and that's what you're, that's what she's selling. It's her. It's not AI. Um, so People are always going to buy not just, you know, what you're selling, but also you as well. And I don't think that's ever going away. Well, I just am so excited to know you and to get to interface and how wonderful you've always been in responding to all my wacky messages. I want to be Josh Braun when I grew up. I just turned 40. Like, you're the real article. I do think of the music business. I, a few, people like you just, you have the gift. So you're not going to be able to limit your own success, even with as much swimming and running and jumping you want to do i'm spending 100 hours a week trying to be like you and you're just you and probably even more successful because of it so there there are different paths what i'm illustrating to those listening is you can aspire to do anything you can dream and josh is a great example of excellence across business and athletics so where can we find you and really support you right now on, on where you want this audience to go consume and interact with you first off i highly recommend you jumping on this program that Justin's doing this podcast because he makes you feel really good. And so if you can get on this podcast, like get on it, like it would be awesome. But you can find me on LinkedIn and uh, my website is joshbron.com. Okay. And you could also call me if you want. My number is 954-695-0844. That's awesome. We'll see how many people text you and we're just kind of ending the show here. Can you give me a quote that is like, always the thing you think about and this could be the Voss quote but is what is your north star quote just to close the episode people don't care what your product does they care about what your product can do for them those things sound similar but they are different approaches fantastic thanks for being on the show thanks justin for having me have a good one